0: Good evening. Today is Monday, August 14th, and we are studying the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. This week's chapter is five, step five, right? Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Sorry. It is step
1: five. And our speaker tonight is Becca R. Thank you, Becca.
2: Hi, I'm Becca. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater calling in from Kentucky. Thanks for having me on the meeting tonight. I'm just going to also start my timer because I'm a control freak. Um, yeah, thanks for having me. God, please help me to set aside everything I think I know for an open mind and a new experience with this meeting,
1: this step, With you, help me to
2: see the truth. Amen. All right. So I, I just want to preface this like this is not what I like to do, (laughs) but this is the biggest gift of my life. This gift of recovery, and so um, I was taught to say yes, like my life depended on it, and and I do believe that my life depends on it still today. Um, so yeah, step five, I'll just get right into it. Admitted to God, to ourselves and to another human being, the exact nature of our wrongs. And I've got a couple notes here that I just wanted to share. Um, Out of the 12 and 12 on humility, it says to those who have made progress in AA, it amounts to a clear recognition of what and who we really are followed by a sincere attempt to become what we could be. And I feel like that's the whole purpose of the inventory. You know, I'm taking stock of what I am, of who I am. And I've owned my past. I'm gonna share it with another person and then I'm gonna move on. Um, There's nowhere in the literature that says we sit and we sulk and we tell ourselves what a terrible person we are. but the continuity through the steps. I also have a note written here that the knowledge alone isn't enough. I need outside help. And the big book refers to that through God and a sponsor. And then jump into the big book on page 73. It talks about, um, the alcoholic who has taken the, who has made the inventory. They only thought they had lost their egoism and fear. They only thought they had humbled themselves, but they had not learned enough of humility, fearlessness, and honesty. In a sense, we find it necessary until they told someone else all of their life story. And
1: the big book talks about the, the, um,
2: the alcoholic being uh, on stage. And particularly in this next paragraph, it talks about to the outer world, he presents his stage character. This is the one he likes his fellows to see. He wants to enjoy a certain reputation, but knows in his heart he doesn't deserve it. And I think we hear a lot about integrity in the rooms, but Having worked my last fifth step, um, I've, I've done the steps many times. I, I've been in OA for six years and recovered, not consistently about four of those six years. Um, my last, uh, recovery started in April of 2022 and, um, I've, I've experienced everything that the big book says. I have neutrality around food. I recoil as if from a hot flame. I um, know a peace and a happiness that I could never have imagined. And I do believe that it's, it's through going through the steps again. Um, I'd love to talk more with you about what my relapse looked like. It, was, uh, it started with a pregnancy And it ended up with overeating abstinent food. It was um, not what I thought it was gonna look like. However, when I got honest with myself that I was no longer abstinent, that I wasn't being true to myself, as I was laying in the dark, chewing on an abstinent food, thinking how is this any different from what I used to do with my red light foods? And it goes back to that idea of integrity. Um, I've heard it said, if I want self-esteem, I do esteemable acts. And I know in this disease, that was not a characteristic. I was doing a lot of unesteemable acts, a lot of shameful behavior around food and just in my general character. This line that I just read also makes, when it talks about wanting to see our stage character, I'm not sure if any of you all are parents, but there's this this stage parent when other parents are around that I'll put on um, that's completely different from the parent that I am um, behind closed doors. And what this program has taught me is that I don't have to have those differences anymore. I can show up the same all the time. Uh, that's a that's the example I think of most prominently is is in my parenting. Um, I can remember taking my family to church and like nearly being in tears from the rage, and then getting out of the minivan and like you know, we're all good, you know. Um, and so the getting that piece of my heart right through this process. Um, and it talks about who we share this um, step with, I gotta say, I, I've always, I, I've been in recovery for many years, I've always done it with a sponsor. I think, I could find some very close, uh, um, talks about understanding closed mouth friends. I'm sure I could do that now. Um, but I've always taken this step with a sponsor and I do feel like sponsorship is such a divine, uh, I just feel like my higher power really knew what they were doing when they placed me and my sponsor together. She has a lot of similarities as I, she thinks a lot like I do. And I don't know if I could have told anybody else the stuff I shared with her. Um, and, and like I said, I feel like it was divinely inspired.
1: Um, the book also talks about, um, We have to work on ourselves,
2: but be considerate of others. And so I try to really be careful with the area of gossip or getting too much into the story and go back to I'm taking that stock in trade. You know, the example that the big book gives us on page uh, 65 with the, the columns it's like, we're just looking at the facts, Becca. What is it? Why do you have it? What's it affect? What's my part? And there's not a whole lot of explaining. Um, That's a, a character default of mine is I want to explain the why, and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And honestly, after going through The first few of my resentments with my sponsor it's like it got to where it just it was the same it was the same thing just with different words um it was a lot of it was covered in fear and playing a victim being a martyr um and the same character defects were shining in all of them um the last paragraph in the 12 and 12 says, this feeling of being at one with God and man, this emerging from isolation through the open and honest sharing of our terrible burden of guilt brings us to a resting place where we may prepare ourselves for the following steps towards a full and meaning sobriety. And I just think that this it was important for me to have a sponsor who said, okay, moving right along. (laughs) Like She did have me go through the motions of, um, after we finished the inventory, we, we did it on FaceTime and, um, I had set aside several hours and, um, you know, just kind of decompressed after it all. But I did what she said, you know, take the book off the shelf. I read the first you know, five steps and, um, answer the questions. Do I feel like it's been an honest appraisal? Have I held anything back? And then it was like, okay, moving right along.
1: Um, I, I have to be
2: really careful not to sit in this spot of, um, self-loathing or, um, the 12 and 12 talks about it's pride in reverse when, when I'm thinking about how, what a terrible person I am. Like I have the inventory, I've shared it with someone else. She helped me make this, you know, she goes on to help me make this list of character defects. And then she teaches me how to pray for them. And I don't want to get ahead of myself. Those are other steps, but it all started with
1: the willingness to be completely honest I had,
2: like I said, I've been in OA for six years um, and came in and got abstinent after about a year of playing around. I finally made my way to some really healthy, recovered OA meetings and and found the gift of abstinence and, and got a sponsor and came all the way in instead of just putting my toes in the water. And I experienced over two years of solid abstinence, beautiful. Um, we had so many amazing things happen right after the 11th step. I, uh, my husband and I experienced an overnight adoption. I mean, this baby just like fell out of the sky. It was just incredible. And and then I, we were able to um, get pregnant again And it's like, there wasn't a cloud on the horizon. Everything was wonderful. But the way this disease crept back in was very cunning and baffling and powerful. And like I said, I'd be happy to talk more offline about it. But with this process of coming back, having experienced a a relapse where I never actually left OA, I, I was still coming to meetings. I was still calling a sponsor. Um But I was definitely not being honest and I was not um, connected to my higher power. And so when I started working with my new sponsor, she said, "Do you want a new experience?" And I, of course said, yes, I'm desperate. I've got this life I've always dreamed of, and um, I'm miserable because I'm in the food. And I um, couldn't see out of it. And she, asked me to work the steps uh, like my life depended on it she really pressed the hospitalization idea she you know I had a an event I was going to be out of the country um, in some upcoming months and so that we had that as like a time like let's try to get to through the steps before this event so you can she, she literally said, so you can be like connected to God, um, when you travel. And so I really appreciated that. She pushed me, uh, she, I was one of her first sponsees after she got recovered. So she really pushed me because she knew her life depended on working with me and, um, it's it's just a beautiful thing to be a part of. I really appreciate that. I appreciate the push. I appreciate, um, I, I came in with three kids and one was a newborn and it was the beginning of summer break. And she's like, we're gonna go through these steps fast. It's gonna take a lot of work. You're probably not gonna be caught up on your Netflix series. You're probably not gonna have, you know, your summer bucket list of things to do. But she- Said if I would put this first, I could become recovered. And, and that's exactly what happened. So when I got to step five, I did step five. I, I had my mother-in-law. I went to my mother-in-law's house. She helped with my kids and I just wrote. I wrote every nap time. I wrote before people got up in the morning. I wrote after kids went to bed at night. And then I stopped it was like four or five days of writing and then I was done and we set up a time. It was within 24 or 48 hours. And, and I gave it to her. And just that idea of I'm going to work this, like my life depends on it.
3: It's been a and and reminder.
2: Thank you. And then getting to the fifth step, following the directions out of the big book, looking back, have I left anything out? Is there anything else? And then moving on, you know, going
1: right into six and seven. Um, I think that's,
2: that's all, you know, it says once we have taken this step with holding nothing, we are delighted. We can look the world in the eye. We can be alone at perfect peace and ease. Our fears fall from us. We begin to feel a nearness of our creator. We may have had certain spiritual beliefs, but now we begin to have a spiritual experience. The feeling that the drink problem, food problem has disappeared will often come strongly. We feel we are on the broad highway walking hand in hand with the spirit of the universe. And I did. I felt that. I don't know if it I don't think it was like a profound, like that day, but definitely emerging into like, I could feel I was changing. Something was changing. Um, and then she, she's my sponsor said that she's like, you can even put your book on a shelf so you can remove it because it says returning home. We find a place where we can be quiet for an hour, carefully reviewing what we have done. We thank God from the bottom of our heart that we know him better. Taking this book down from our shelf, we turn to the page, which contains the 12 steps, carefully reading the first five proposals. We ask if we've omitted anything, for we are building an arch through which we shall walk a free man at last. Is our work solid so far? Are the stones properly placed? Have we skimped on the cement, put into foundation? Have we tried to make mortar without sand? And I just want to put a little plug in for meditation. The sponsor I work with now, that was one of her non-negotiables. 20 minutes with God, every day, prayer and meditation, non-negotiable. And I really appreciate that because doing this, like to sit in that quiet time for an hour, it, it wasn't like pulling teeth for me. It was It was comfortable. I don't want to say it was easy, but to really, say like is there anything left is there anything else and um i don't know if i mentioned this there was there was one thing and it was something um that was really really hard to share it was very embarrassing and um i don't know something about sharing my sponsor is like she's my same age she has two kids i have three kids you know we're very similar and so to show this very vulnerable side
3: um a reminder of two minutes.
2: Thank you. of Of this last thing was really hard, but there was something something holy about it. To be able to say that, um, to say that last thing, the thing that I just I so didn't want to share. I still have my sponsor. We trade inventories at night. We do outreach calls together. We're part of a Newcomers meeting that meets on Thursday at um, 630 Central. And yeah, I love doing this thing. I love outreach calls. I love putting my hand in the hands of you all and, and walking this road together. I think that's all I have. That's all.
0: Thank you so much, Becca. We will now open the meeting for questions or for three minute shares. As this is a big book study, sharing and questions should relate specifically to the chapter and step being studied this week. We ask you to accept this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track. If you'd like to share or ask a question, please raise your virtual hand, which is under reactions or star nine if you're on the phone and the Zoom host will call the raised hands in order and ask you to unmute when it's your turn. With a timekeeper, please set a timer for three minutes for each share and announce when time is up. If the speaker is asked a question, Please allow three minutes for the answer.
1: Doria, did you wanna go ahead and call on names? Call uh, on names? Sure. Okay.
0: All right. Let me just get my <laughs> participant window up. I can see Meredith's hand, but I don't know if there's anybody before Meredith.
1: Sorry. Okay. Yes.
4: Meredith, please go ahead.
1: <laughs> Share with us.
4: Thank you. Hey everybody. Meredith, um, B in Tennessee, recover compulsive overreader. Thank you, Becca. Thanks for being here and sharing with us. I love that you, um, you talked about that one thing that you might've thought you were taking to the grave, but you shared it anyway. And I mean, I've experienced that recently in fellowship um, where I was spurred on by somebody somebody um, sharing something
1: um, that,
4: and I had a similar thing to share, but I don't think I would have unless they did. So, It's not only like this soul cleansing thing. I think that's what makes it soul cleansing is that I'm building trust um, with you all. It's like you people, um, it's like you're showing me the goodness of God where I couldn't trust people in my life, growing up, my family, everybody was just sick. Everybody is I mean, not saying I'm not, Um, it's teaching me how to trust and build relationships with human beings, which is, I believe what God intended. And um, I did wanna ask you about, you know, working this um, step with the desperation of a drowning man. you said you had a, a baby, I I forget, but like three kids or something. And um, I have a sponsee
1: who, who's juggling, I don't know, people not understanding really. Um, And it's just
4: hard to kind of let go of that, but you said, you said you went to your mother-in-laws and you just wrote, how did you, I guess I'm assuming you had their support. They knew what you were doing, obviously. I don't know. Do you, can you speak to that at all? Just how it unfolded? I guess if it's, I guess if you commit it, um, God makes a way really. Can can uh you co-host? oh, I wasn't sure if you could unmute yourself or not.
2: Yeah, thanks for that. Um, so I was really clear with my husband that this work had to come first, and he had seen me recovered, and he had seen me really nutty. And so he was on board. And my mother-in-law, I didn't say, hey, I need to sit in your basement and write my inventory. But I said, hey, I, I'm feeling really overwhelmed. I have a lot of work to do. And there were no questions I asked. She's, she's pretty private, but she was happy to help. But again, it's that character defect for me of pride and asking for help and saying what I need. Um, having to say no to his social events because I just wasn't spiritually fit to go Um, that's what that time looked like and I my sponsor I love her so much because she would say this is not forever this is not forever once you are recovered meaning once you finish the 12 steps you will be a different person and I am was meeting with a sponsor this morning and she was asking me about um, an event I went to and she was like how do you do that? Do you have to like call your sponsor and I'm like, you know, it is like brushing my teeth today. It comes so natural as in this recovered state. Um, So I just really press that to, to anybody who might want to, to fight that um, that hospitalization period or this, you know, do everything I can to recover it's not going to be like that forever. Um, but I was desperate. I had tried everything. I had the life I had prayed for forever and I was miserable. Mm. That's miserable. And so I,
1: I really felt
2: it was that or, or die. I mean, I was very, very suicidal.
1: Thanks, Becca. Thanks. Okay, thank you. Next, we have Kendall.
3: Okay, good uh, evening, everybody. My name is Kendall, recovering compulsive overeater. Uh, Becca, thank you so much for your share, uh, and offering your experience, strength and hope on step five. Um, I too, um, have i have a relapse in my story i hope it's my only one uh i too stayed in the rooms after that relapse and uh what i learned was that i just i started working the steps backwards at some point uh there are certain things i stopped doing um in terms of the step 12 doing service i was doing less and less service honestly uh going to meetings but not having my camera on doing a bunch of other dumb stuff like uh you know, on purpose uh, because I thought I didn't need it. Um, My prayer and meditation time started to shorten. And then the thing I think that really took me out was the 10th step. I stopped doing a 10th step. Uh, When I would get angry or resentful, I figured I just started telling myself I can handle this. And all that stuff started to build up until I got to something where I was playing Russian roulette and I ended up, and I ate. Um, But in working the steps, I also appreciated uh, your conversation about the sponsor. Uh, for me, uh, my sponsor, uh, when I identified with him, as a, you know, when I when I wanted what he had, uh, and I realized that I would go to any lengths to that, uh, he was also the only person I was willing to be honest with. Uh, in fact, in a lot of my outreach calls, when I was first working the steps, I would just tell people I was fine. I would listen to their problems, but I could not tell anyone else what was actually going on with me, except for my sponsor to the point that when I did give my fifth step to him, uh, there were some things that I read that I had never said out loud before. And I dissociated, I cried and my hands were shaking. And uh, I ended up going to therapy after working the steps. Uh, I got outside help after working the steps. But uh, one paragraph that I wanted to read, uh, because I kind of look at it as the fifth step promises. Uh, It's the section here on page 75. It says, we pocket our pride and go to it, illuminating every twist of character, every dark cranny of the past. Once we have taken this step, withholding nothing, we are delighted. We can look the world in the eye. We can we can be alone at perfect peace and ease. Our fears fall from us. We begin to feel the nearness of our Creator. We may have had certain spiritual beliefs, but we now begin to have a spiritual experience. The feeling that the drink problem has disappeared will often come strongly. We feel we're on the broad highway walking hand in hand with the spirit of the universe. And for me, I felt the presence of my higher power when I finished giving my step five. That was my first true spiritual experience in my whole life and where I actually felt not alone. And uh, it After that, it was unshakable for me. And so I have felt that that's been my driving force, has been part of my continuing recovery with that autistic.
0: Thank you, Kendall. Faye, would you please share with us?
4: Hi, my name is Faye, and I'm um, a compulsive overeater. And I was just wondering what the Thursday night meeting was a newcomer meeting
2: yeah i can put a link to it in the chat it's um it's on the oa website uh, it's just a newcomer meeting it's kind of small intimate we go back and forth on um, topics for newcomers and people sharing their story in the same setting it's about a 20-minute share or presentation i'd love to have you all and have you know that resource is there
4: I'll um, go search for it now. Thank you. And that's all I had. <laughs> okay. Thank you. So much. Thank you.
0: Absolutely. Thank you, Faye, for that question. And we're glad to have you here with us. And I'm sure any, any facet of OA would be happy to have you at their meeting. And Julie, would you please um, unmute and share with us?
5: All right. Thanks. Um, Julie D, Compulsive Herb Eater. Um, Becca, thanks so much. And thanks for, I mean, I guess the space is always there, but it feels especially open tonight of like the trust and the sharing. And, you know, I think you're talking about, you know, just pushing through that last thing you didn't want to share, you know, and putting it out there so that it could be removed. It helps in that way. Um, yeah, I... Last meeting, I introduced myself as recovered and I also had a abstinent food or program food, overindulgence this week and, you know, trying to be as honest and thorough and facing that straightforward and appreciate the opportunity talking about it here and bringing that forward like publicly. Um, and, you know, especially like your out the paragraph about um enjoying a certain reputation and knowing at our heart that that's not really who we are you know like I can't tell you how many people in my life have complimented me on my integrity and how honest I am you know and the honesty really like in the way that you mentioned the like, over-explaining sort of stuff, you know, that was, I was just an over-sharer, I was not, like, (laughs) I didn't have a filter, it's not that I was honest, I just, you know, maybe even for the shock value, would share more than I needed to, Um, and, like, the integrity part of it, it's just, like, I'm still, right before this meeting, I was playing, talking of kids, like, hi-ho, Cherryo with my four-year-old, which will be four tomorrow, and I freaking cheated, (laughs) against my 4-year-old and like middle of it I'm like who the hell is this person you know and it's like and I appreciate like seeing the faces here people can like relate to that cuz like what is this disease like this is ridiculous and um yeah I don't know sorry that's all kind of disjointed but like I guess my question might be to you like I guess obviously I'm not recovered if I've relapsed in this way and Um, how do you really know when you're there? Like, you know, I've been doing my 11 step reflections and like, I mean, do you ever go a day with like a clean slate at the end of that, like as a recovered person or yeah, I guess that's my question. And, you know, that's kind of in my mind when you are talking about the two faces of the mom, you know, inside the minivan, outside the minivan, like curious if, are you just like, all Zen all the time now inside the van? Or is it that when you get outside the van, you're like, no shame. This is who I am. I'm going to be who I am and just do the best I can. Yeah. That's my question. And thank you again. I really appreciate it.
2: Thanks for the question. I think it's just about owning, owning it. You know, when I'm mean to my kids, I go back and say, I'm sorry more often. I don't do it perfectly and that's where that nightly review comes in because I'm sending it to my sponsor and she's going to ask me did you make that amends to your kids did you make that amends to your husband um I think it's just having having that plan of action uh I don't like to you know every very often I go to bed and there's there's always something I could have done better there's very often and a buildup of you and emotion. And that's what I do with that. I, I'm part of a 10 step train too. So I do a, a formal 10 step every day with a partner, but um, just inventorying my day and then using the 11 step prayer meditation to, okay, God, what what do I do with this? Um, I heard in a meeting recently the disease is progressive, so my recovery has to be progressive, and even though it doesn't feel like it sometimes, especially the monotony of day in, day out, sending, I'm eating the same food, you know, I can look back over a period of time, like Bill talks about in the spiritual experience appendices, and I can see I am not the same person as a week ago, as a month ago. And that's what I'm looking for. Like, I might not see it every day. It might feel very much the same day in and day out, but there's, there has to be some kind of movement for me and the movement is often in, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have acted that way. I shouldn't have said that.
1: It's cleaning up my side of the street. That's all. Thank you, Julie, for that question and Becca
0: for that answer. I will now ask the Zoom host to stop the recording for so we can have unrecorded shares.